lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's a What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman. Brandon, uh, those are not prescription sunglasses, I'm presuming. They are prescription sunglasses. Why are you calling? Why are we doing this so early on in the thing? I don't believe you, and neither does our guest. Neither, neither. I'm not sure which I say or which she says. Guys, it is Wednesday, which means in the new year, the 1st of 2023, we're back with a Wilder Wednesday. Charlotte Wilder back joining us here on the podcast, Fox Sports writer and college football reporter. Charlotte, happy new year. Michael, thank you so much. Brandon, I don't believe you for a second. Those are not, you don't You don't need your sunglasses, unless you lost your actual prescription. <laughs> See, you have all the power. That's the problem. And I can hear the critics talking over the applause. (laughs) It's a Drake line. It is. Of course it is. (laughs) But it was an applause for you. So, yes, I was trying to to drown you out, though, because... Y'all can't, I can't. How, how can I prove to you that I'm wearing polarized prescription lenses? And it doesn't you matter. You can't, and it doesn't I, matter. I, I, I see. I see you very clearly, and I know that you're even clearer than you usually are. Yeah, because can I got you? a new computer, and then I just told these guys I have to now. I have to actually put makeup on. It used to be too pixelated. You couldn't see the dark circles under my eyes. Now the camera got better. <laughs> Apple just screwing up my routine. Steve, I should say, rest in peace, Steve Jobs, the ghost of Steve Jobs, um, continuing to upgrade the software on these things. Um, Charlotte, we're excited to have you back here. Um, The holiday glow uh, that's on you right now, I can't quite tell what's different about... Yeah! Yeah! So obnoxious. So obnoxious. um, I got engaged. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, very exciting, very exciting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, how um, did it happen? What, what, how you are know, you feeling? Okay. I'm feeling great. Um, it's my, it's very strange to say fiance instead of boyfriend. Um, there's no way you can say that word without feeling 
like you're trying to be fancy, but I'm really just trying to be accurate. Um, my fiance Tyler proposed um, just at home in our apartment, which was the kindest thing he ever could have done for me um, because the idea of a public proposal is like, um, makes me break out in hives. No disrespect to anybody who does enjoy that because I completely respect it. Um, and then we went out to a lovely dinner and it's just we celebrated with our families and it's been a lovely couple of weeks. Damn, you love to see it. See, simplify the equation. And that's also knowing your teammate, knowing your future spouse yes. for him to go into the situation. That's doing the advanced scouting. That's knowing your teammate. And that's delivering in a clutch moment. Those are all yes. sports. Pro- Charlotte, <laughs> is proposing to your girlfriend sports? Absolutely, yes. And it's even, Ooh. it's the degree of difficulty was up because we live together in a one bedroom apartment and are constantly, he was like, do you know how hard it was? to try to plan this without you. He like hit, he had caviar and champagne, which was so sweet, Um, Mm. but he hid it in the fridge and he was like, I was glad that you as a person can be a little oblivious at times because it made it easier for me to hide things in our apartment. So that he he really, he he won the champion. (laughs) I mean, he won the championship, but I got the ring. So am I right? Hey, that's a bar right there. Actually, the best part Part of the proposal is that when he proposed to me, I was wearing my Larry Bird vintage Celtics t-shirt. And afterwards, we were like, oh, my God. I was like, Larry might have gotten 17, but I got the only ring that matters. <laughs> I mean, Larry oh my himself didn't get 17, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yes. you know, it's uh, they, the people who need to know know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, man, glad. All right, so congratulations, Charlotte. The definitive ruling from the internet's arbiter of sports that getting engaged is sports. So yes. you can all feel very secure in that. And I, I think our status as a podcast, the good luck Chuck of podcasts, is very secure now, considering we recently had Katie Nolan come on and tell us about her engagement here. So, ladies, gentlemen, if you're looking to find the love of your life somewhere <laughs> other than this podcast we're the show for you we clearly hey. have the the, the mightest touch around the holiday season it's come true consistently, us, us. Con- consistently excuse me yes come on consistently and and find your partner forever i love that us boston girls growing up right in front of everybody's Man. eyes look at that beautiful at thing that. People helping people. Well, we love all of that. We love having you back here in the new year. Mike, Got a lot of like what, Brandon? I can't. Brandon. I can't. I can't switch yet. Did anything awkward happen since being affianced? Anything? Anything? Anything weird? Any like any hard conversation? Like any any of that, in that real shit? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I got RSV, so I was sick for what? Oh, no. <laughs> I was sick over Christmas, and uh, so that threw a real wrench in things. Um, and I, yeah. So yes, and I think we, I think we and our families handled it beautifully. Wow. And I was the it. problem. I was typhoid Charlotte over here. Oh my God, Taylor Swift. It's, yeah. It's yes. You. Took took the words right out of my mouth. Why? No, it, it, it's Did me. Hi, me? I'm the. It's oh, m- oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Hi, I had RSV. It's me. Hey, there it is. There it is. There, there it is. is. There. Well, I, I I asked because obviously I wanted to set myself up for a story. 
Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say that was the most self-serving <laughs> yeah. question. There is we nothing. Know you. Nothing <laughs> screams holiday season more than asking people about something that you want to talk about. Well, I mean, so you know, we had another shake at this uh, engagement story thing thanks to Tyler stepping up to the plate and doing the damn thing, locking yeah. down Charlotte forever. Yeah, he did Shout a great job. Shout out to him. Um, but so we got we got engaged in Hawaii, uh, in in Maui. It was one of those like we were planning the trip and we had been dating for a long time. And she was like, "You're not going to engage, get engaged in. You're not going to like propose to me in Maui, are you?" I was like, "No." It's the last thing on mine. Meanwhile, I had been paying buckets of money to <laughs> Tiffany for the last X amount of uh, months to have a ring right. to propose with. So getting sneaking a ring there, and obviously I got yelled at because I was late uh, on the day that we were supposed to pack for the last day before we went to the airport, and you know I was getting the ring, right? So there's that. But anyways, proposed on the beach. It was private. It was, it was just us. But then we went to celebrate. To, we went to a movie, and... Uh, my wife, my wife is white. My wife is white. My wife is wife. And we went to see Get Out. Stop the it. night Stop that we got engaged. And it was the Stop most it. quiet car ride on the way. <laughs> like, I literally, I, I, I remember saying to her as we got in the car, I said, uh, I, 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 I want to know what you think about the movie, but definitely not today. <laughs> Brandon, that's that's beautiful. That's incredible. So, that's thank you. So wait, how long after the movie did you propose, Mike? It was before the movie. No. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Yes, it was before the movie. Oh, it was God. like it was like it was like okay, we just proposed. What's something we great we can do? Like go see this new movie that came out. That everyone's talking about. Oh my God! It was, it was just oh. it was it was I great. Mean, it was I like go through the fire. Like, like I like think up. yeah, that'll test you. And yeah. as a white person from New England whose family belongs to a country club, watching that, <laughs> I I was like, talk about a Taylor Swift moment. Talk about, yeah. talk about, hey, I'm the problem. So, Charlotte, kudos, you're wearing, you're wearing, you a, you're wearing the outfit that she was wearing in the in the movie. Actually, currently, the the little when she was like looking at the, at, she was eating her dry Fruit Loops, and she just had a black sweater on. Sweatshirt. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, yeah it's <sighs> man. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Seeing Get Out with your white fiance after you proposed on that day in the place that she told you not to propose is up there for like awkward celebratory moments with me sitting two seats down from my grandmother seeing Wolf of Wall Street on Christmas Day. <laughs> we have, we Look, have found I something. See, I went to see Wedding Crashers with my uncle and cousins when oh, I was when we were all little, sexy. and the whole yeah whole scene first parts just boobs. Oh, um, I will say I will say that Tyler and I do now have a bit where like if anything happens he'll he'll, he'll be like, "Are you sorry you said yes?" And I'll be or I'll, oh. I'll be like, "Are you sorry you asked me?" So you know it's a good it's a good running bit that uh, that's, nice. that's fun bit. yeah. That is that is a good bit. I wonder what the shelf like when people talk about how long you can say Happy New Year's. I wonder what the shelf life is on that bit before one of you is going to look at the other and go, 
I think you it's know. gonna be. I think it'll be the rest of our lives. I think we'll be like, "Are you sorry you said I do?" Like, I don't think this was ever gonna. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, as someone who's married to someone who yeah. else, we got married on our ten year dating anniversary, and uh, it definitely was still like, "Are you? Do you regret this? Do you regret the whole thing? <laughs> do you want, do you want this time back?" It's a lot of me being like, "I'm sorry that I am the way that I am." Are you sure? Oh, man. Despite being a Northeasterner, very Midwestern sensibilities to apologize for pretty much everything about your being. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Believe me, it is. Ope, ope, and away. Um, So very excited for our dear friend Charlotte Wilder. We do have some fun things that we want to talk about on here today. Jim Harbaugh, been in the news the last few days, feeling froggy, wondering if he's going to jump. And that's not just a pun because the Horn Frogs are going to the national title. Um, An interesting question about college football versus the NFL and what we've seen in this bowl season. But um, not to throttle things down too much, but I think important in light of what's happened in the last couple of days since Monday Night Football. Charlotte, we haven't talked to you, and I certainly want to hear your thoughts and feelings, your reaction to what we saw occur with DeMar Hamlin, the second-year safety for the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. I will just briefly provide the update um, from the NFL and what we have seen uh, as of late on DeMar Hamlin. Um, And this is on multiple fronts. Uh, First and foremost... Um, DeMar Hamlin still in critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital. We've seen statements from the Bills. We've seen statements from his family thanking everyone for their outpouring, their thoughts and prayers, and saying they will provide an update when there is one to be provided. Um, Roger Goodell in the NFL sent out a memo to the league saying a number of things. Uh, First and foremost, that the game between the Bills and the Bengals that was suspended on Monday night will not be resumed this week. The NFL said that he's informed teams the game will not be resumed this week after consulting with both teams and the NFL Players Association leadership. The league, however, has made no decision on resuming the game at a later date. Uh, They said the NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFLPA. Um, so there's that to be aware of. And then for Roger Goodell overall, he also sent out a note, uh, saying the head of NFL player engagement and team clinician for each club received information on a doctor to use for mental health and support resources that are available to players and staff and additional resources, including on-site services can be available for any club that wishes for that assistance. And if your club would like to, it gives them the ability to contact that. And so that process has started of the NFL both reaching out to the teams and players for the resources they're going to need to grieve and to process what they were a part of, especially the teams on the field, but also making it clear that right now they are not focused on when or if that football game is going to be played. They are keeping the focus squarely on DeMar Hamlin. So that is the latest that we know. Charlotte, what was your reaction to all this? We and Me and Brandon talked a lot about this as the former player perspective, as people that have been in, and seen people in compromised situations, but nothing like this, but to see a teammate. What was it like for you as someone watching sports to, to perceive this moment? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, this is when you say, you know, not to throttle things down too much. I think what we witnessed on Monday was the most extreme version of how complicated sports are to talk about at all. Uh, And I think that first and foremost, the only thing that matters is DeMar Hamlin's life 
and his family and his friends and his teammates. And um, I can't speak to this as really any point of authority in terms of I wasn't a player. I don't know what it's like to have, I know what it's like to be close to people. I don't know what it's like to have a bond with people when the stakes are so high and your physical life is on the line, whether or not you are conscious of that. I think um, what Ryan Clark said on Monday Night Football, first of all, I I, I can speak to it as a journalist um, and as someone who cares deeply about the athletes that I talk about and who tries to always keep in mind that these are people that at the center of this game you know these are i get really upset with with sports media people when they take themselves seriously to be to be honest this this will come back around um i promise but i think we are talking about grown people who are playing a made-up game and if you lose sight of the fact that the only thing the only part of that sentence that matters is people Grown people, that's it. That's it. Um, sometimes very young people. That's the only part that matters. The game doesn't matter. The rules are made up. They could not play this game and nothing would happen. Um, but the people who play this game, you know, it, it, are, are, are putting, are taking on the highest stakes for our entertainment. Um, and I think that if you lose sight of that, and if you aren't always talking about sports with that in the back of your head, hopefully in the front of your head, you've jumped the shark. Um, and if and and I thought ESPN did an absolutely un, in, incredible job of keeping that perspective um, at the forefront of their their broadcast. And I think that if you are anybody who did not or who used this as a part of your agenda in any other way, um, you should not be doing this as a profession because all that matters is Demar Hamlin's life. Um, it, you know, I'm getting emotional talking about it. it. It's like the most horrific thing you could ever imagine. And I think that there are a lot of other things you can talk about. You know, the the how many different things are true at once when you talk about sports. How much you have to compartmentalize to talk about the game that we love. How further on in this podcast we're going to talk about it in a fun way after we just had this conversation. Um, but I think that that's a conversation that if you're doing this, I would hope that you always have that in your mind, um, and that at this point. The only thing that anybody should be worried about is this young man. Yeah, it's, I think, a great point about the bargain we sort of make to all come to sports because there's a notion that gets brought up all the time about sports being an escape, and it is. And the part of our conversation that will come later that you mentioned is the escape part. It's the fun, it's the low-stakes, made-up grown men wearing costumes part of sports that we all get to enjoy the ridiculousness of at times. But... Part of the bargain that I always believed is someone covering it, and that's you know born out of being someone that played it. But like you described, a lot of people that cover it, fans of it, people who n- are fortunate enough to know someone in it, you recognize that humanity there, and you do keep that at the forefront. And so when things come up and you have to have conversations about things like this, you're willing to do that because you acknowledge the humanity of the people in there. They're not just there to serve you. They're not just some entertainment piece, even if this is an entertainment product. And so I think that is an important vantage point for this. 
and how we come to it. And uh, by the way, just a, a, a quick note, shame on me for not actually stating this at the beginning when I mentioned that DeMar Hamlin was in the hospital after suffering uh, cardiac arrest during the game on Monday night. I didn't mention that specific point. Wanted to make sure that was in there in case every podcast is somebody's first and you weren't aware of this information. Yeah, I think too, you know, at a time like this, everybody wants information and everybody wants answers and everybody wants to be reassured. And I think part of the horribleness of this situation is that we're not going to have, we we shouldn't have that. We are, we are not entitled to that information um, until it is time for us to know. Damar Hamlin's family and his friends and his teammate and the people who they deem it is appropriate for them to know first and foremost are the ones who need that information. So what that does is it creates a vacuum where we've built this 24-hour news cycle and you know there are all these articles about what is cardiac arrest, what is CPR, what how do and you know the the it's hard not to fall down that rabbit hole. I found myself today you know, on the Mayo Clinic website for what is cardiac arrest, for arrhythmia, for all of these things, because I was, I was almost embarrassed, but I was hungry for any kind of information that might help me um, as a person understand some semblance of what's going on. And the truth is you can't. And so I think that that is, um, you know, all, all I can, I just, I just, there's a loss for words, and the, and I think that's hard for people too. Like I'm also not a particularly religious person, so I'm not one to say I pray for him and his family. But that's also the only thing that feels like you can say, and so it just creates this void of like, how are we supposed to go? I mean, like, what what are we gonna are we gonna just watch NFL games like? Yeah, you know the, what I mean. The and the answer is probably yes. Now that might yeah. vary from person to person. And maybe a moment like this does prompt soul searching for people involved in the game, for the players and coaches that were most directly affected by this, for fans and parents watching with their kids at home. Maybe some people, they're still distant enough from it to where they're going to go back and watch football this weekend. And they're going to pay attention to it in much the same way they did going into that game on Monday night. That's going to be for every person to decide, but this was the kind of moment that does jolt you out of your seat and sort of make you come to terms with that however you will personally based off something that was decidedly outside of what we normally experience in sports. Yeah, and I I would say as somebody who is echoed the sentiments of thoughts and prayers because I am a praying person. I, the uh, love and light is a, sen- a sentiment that I've seen on social media a lot. And Mike, I think you mentioned the other day, and I love that sentiment. I love that that mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, illustration, that action. Um, but speaking of action, I want to say that I say that a lot, but as someone who does pray, I rec- recognize the power of prayer. So to take the time away and, and, and do it was something that I did today. And I, I cried, I, I cried out loud from by speaking and, and, and actually sending the good feelings and, and well wishes and, and, and prayers and hopes that, that, uh, that your, that your energy towards the thing can, can help or, or heal. But uh, I just wanted to, to mention that in the sense that th- this is very real for a lot of us and scary for a lot of us. And 
um, to hear all these former football players and the conversations they're having with their children watching the game. And uh, it's just, um, it feels like a, a big inflection point for the NFL and it's in the timing of it, you know, Monday night football, the last, like, it's just, it, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of variables around it that, that make it feel as heavy as it was. I, I want to say, Brandon, to, I think that's just the most beautiful expression of what this is truly about, which is hoping and praying for another person. And I think even as someone who doesn't generally pray that, that, there's this fallback where it's like that's all you can do, you know. When there's yeah. when there's no information, when there's no action to be taken, um, and I think that that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of people are having to sit with that as sports fans, as people who um, watch this game. And and I also think something that I found very moving from players, and and you know, again, what Ryan Clark said about loving this game. Um, I think that part of the conversation, you know, it comes, it's, it's very easy to vilify anything having to do with the situation. Um, and I think that that is not honoring the people who play it or DeMar himself, who, you know, and I know for you guys and Brandon, you've talked about the dream. You've talked about, you know, the, the league as the be all end all, like that is still so real and so valid and needs to be honored for the people who want this too. So it's just a, it's just a um, sort of an impossible thing to have everything in your head all at once. And, and yet, you know, un- until there's, that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I think you guys both bring up really good points about looking for something actionable and being frustrated when you can't do anything and being scared when you can't do anything. That was the fear we saw in his teammates' eyes because to your point, Charlotte, about the sport, I've said it's the most accountable sport on earth because your friend's physical well-being is often in your hands. I've said if I'm a step short on a block, my buddy, the running back or the quarterback, gets hit and who knows what happens after that happens. And so the buy-in and accountability and love that I have for my former teammates is always different than what I'm going to have with my coworkers and friends because what was asked of us was different in those moments. And so you feel helpless as a teammate, as someone, you know, other players in this league watching in the same fraternity when there's nothing you can do for someone in that situation. And so then multiply that for all the people watching. And that's why you've seen people giving to DeMar Hamlin's charity um, in the interim here to raise money online for kids who don't have toys around the holidays. What started with a goal with $2,500 is now over $5 million in the first 21 hours since then. People looking for something actionable. That also can go the other way where I've seen a lot of people looking for someone to blame. Mm-hmm. Looking for the NFL to blame them for the timeline here. And I, in the immediacy, kind of asked for grace for everybody because we've seen disputed that five-minute clock that people talked about here. And we saw the league come out, Troy Vincent, say that that was never something he floated out there he was the one communicating with Goodell and that would be insensitive that would be wrong he's a former player incited that and so I, I, I looking at that action plans all these things are going to be a story for another day and for the NFL yeah. again right now they've rightly kept the focus on that and I think what would be more productive right now than searching just for blame. Again, if the if it comes to find in a review of this process that in anywhere along that line, the NFL stepped out of place, I'll be the first one to put my hand up and say they were wrong and we'll take them to task for it. But with the lack of information concrete that we have on that now, I'm going to withhold from that. And what I'd say is probably 
a course of action that I would just encourage more people to consider to go back to the original point about humanity is if you're looking for something actionable to do off of this, because this was big on Monday Night Football, impossible to avoid. There are going to be a lot of other instances in your sports watching lifetime that come up that have to do with players' health, well-being, safety, and bodies that are a lot harder to see clearly like this. They look like labor issues. They look like the normal things that we talk about every day where fans then tend to side with the uniform and the laundry of the team because that's the thing that's more permanent for them. And I would just say in those moments... You can also support players' bodies then. You can support these things when it comes up in other ways. When it comes to things like, and I saw Dominique Foxworth talking about the healthcare and the things that come after your time in the NFL. And so, again, I think those are just things to keep in mind that are wholly separate. Like, I do not want to turn this moment into any sort of semi-political grandstanding uh, in name of this young man. But it's just that point, again, of what we're seeing right now, the empathy. We can be consistent with that. We can keep that going. We can do that for DeMar Hamlin right now, and you can do it after as well. I think that's the most – I think that's it, Mike. I think that's the (laughs) – That's. I mean, really, like that uh, that what you just said – is at the heart of this whole thing is that there's a man's life that we are all praying for and and in the future there will be other men's other women's lives other people's lives who it it won't be as clear-cut or dramatic and to keep their humanity at the forefront and that's sort of you know how I started this discussion um talking about I I think it is um, if you get to a point as a fan or a commentator or someone who where you can't you can't see these people as your friends as your family members as your where you lack some kind of empathy or you've lost some sort of or you never had it to then then you've got to do some real soul searching because um, you know the the people are and i and i think that when when the players made the decision not to play when the two coaches made the decisions not to play um that was such a such a powerful example of the power of um union um and this is not a political statement either this is not saying a union this is a this is a power of people making a decision together saying no matter what is supposed to happen no matter what higher word comes down from a chain we have the power together to try to do the right thing and um i think that that was you know that had me in tears that was incredibly moving so there are these moments that you take from this that sort of keep as 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 you think about it um i find keep popping up in my head it's like oh my god either what a horrific thing or or what a the love and light in 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 the shadow of this horrific thing. Yep. So, uh, and again, we, we keep the young man at the forefront of all of that love and light, Uh, you know, however you go about that, make sure it is. And we'll wait for the good news that we hope is, is coming as he gets the medical care and his family can surround him and DeMar Hamlin can make a recovery and do all the things that he was supposed to before this and live out his dreams, you know, uh, on the field, if that's what's in its heart, but certainly off the field for the rest of his life as this goes forward. So um, 
this is the no easy transition part of things. Uh, Charlotte, thank you for sharing all that. Brandon and I obviously got to talk a lot about this yesterday, but your perspective on this, invaluable, super helpful. Um, everyone, feel free to take a quick beat right now. Feel free to take a quick breath because we are going to talk about some of the other things happening in sports right now. And as I always say, if that's not for you at this moment, go ahead and shut it down. doesn't need to be for you right now. This stuff's all time marked for a reason in the podcast and in the notes below it. If it is, and you're looking for something like a breath of fresh air, a little bit of levity in a time that has been really hard for, for a lot of people, um, as we've heard, uh, talked about very publicly, then dive right in. We're here for you on the backside of this, um, as we take a look at it. So whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno classic crust pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. With that in mind, um, one of the headlines that popped up the other day that I thought was interesting coming off a season where Charlotte, you were on the road covering a lot of college football. I obviously called a lot of college football games. Me and Brandon talk about it all the time here. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who recently <laughs> made his exit from the college football playoff as Michigan was bounced by TCU, popped up in the news, according to the fine folks over at The Athletic, Um and I want to make sure I have this pulled up so I can give credit to Bruce Feldman, Nicole Arbach, Austin Meek, Nick Kosminer, and Joseph Person, um, who are all on the article talking about Jim Harbaugh, uh, who, according to multiple sources close to Jim Harbaugh, telling The Athletic on Monday, they expect he will leave Michigan for the NFL if a franchise offers him a coaching job this upcoming season. So, Charlotte, were you surprised? Can we be surprised by this at all, especially after what we went through last offseason? No. No, you can't. And this is a prime example of, you know, this is this is a he, this is why I really love sports, right? Because it's all gossip, it's all drama, it's all speculation when it's not on the field. And and I'm not saying that this report is speculation. These are great reporters that I, I, I just mean like me talking about it now. This is pure speculation. Um it, the, the mistake that Jim Harbaugh made was last year when he didn't get an offer from the Vikings, right? It wasn't that yep. he turned them down. He didn't get the offer and he said, time to go back to college football. This is the last time. We're not doing it. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. I don't care if you work in marketing for like a dog food company. Don't ever say, I'll never do this. I'll never take this other opportunity. I'll never go to cat food. Like, come on, guys. You like <laughs> this is this is you need to you this is it's such a bold faced lie. Can you imagine? I mean someone like But it's I, a, I, I was, it's a I, I was, Yeah. Go ahead. And I was just gonna say he 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 was on a tear with bold faced lies. Because uh, I think a couple months after that, he said he'd take everyone on his team's uh, illeg illegitimate child children. Like he just said, yeah. he'd, he'd, oh he'd my take God. the babies. <laughs> he would he would raise his team. He raise yeah. his team's babies. Yes, that was was yeah. that after Roe v. Wade fell, and he was trying yes, to like was. say the thing that wouldn't upset people, and he's like, "Hey, hear me out. Instead of abortions, I take your kids." Yeah, welcome, welcome to Jim Harbaugh's ch child farm. I mean, my wife and I, my wife and I, open door. <laughs> Come on. 
So, no, I, I was not shocked at all. I, I do think, though, that it's an interesting look from a guy who, look, you finally beat Ohio State twice, two years in a row, once on the road, and then you make it to the college football playoffs and you choke. And I think that it is a very hard thing to do to get to the college football playoffs. So I'm not saying, like, come on, you wuss, like, go win it. Um, but I think that as the way John, uh, John, I always do that. I did that during, I did that during a feature and we didn't catch it. And I got all these dudes on the internet were like, she doesn't even know the difference. And I was like, no, I know the difference between Jim and John. I just said the wrong thing because they're basically the same name. Sorry. What I will say is that Jim Harbaugh has this vibe of like team first, this always, I'm in it, I'll take your kids. And then he's like, however, if presented with an opportunity to go to the pros, I would take it. (laughs) I have other kids that I need to go potentially help raise on a different team. Exactly. Yeah, are, are you guys okay with our children coming us uh, to the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> <laughs> Can your children travel with us? No, I, I feel listen, about the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. Why, listen, I love talking about Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh is in a position that every coach wants to be in. He has mm-hmm. had large amounts of success. Now, obviously, not the mountaintops level of success, but large levels of success made. Uh, copious amounts of money, both in the NFL in khaki pants and in uh, in in Michigan, his alma mater, where he's spending the night over kids places and kind of <laughs> throwing everything on his head. Like I got recruited by him uh, in college, in high school when he was mm. at Stanford. Mike, don't do this. Mm. But Stanford was dog shit at the time. I think they were they went zero and thirteen his first season there, uh, but. They were. He was recruiting the hell out of me, and I was snitching on him to Coach Weiss. I was like, "Hey, this is what he was saying. Like he was saying, duh, duh. like he, 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 he said. I'll, I'll, I'll share this a little quick. Yeah, anecdote. tell us. He, he said. He said. Uh, this is Jim Harbaugh. Make sure it is. For, sorry, I, I believe. Yeah, that I was just saying, dear God, man. <laughs> I'll make a little he edit, Mark. took a turn. Talk about yeah. gossip. It, it's, it's just, no, no, whatever. <laughs> high on life. High on life. High on life. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, high on life, recruiting his ass off. He's like, you like a challenge, Brandon? You like a challenge? I was like, uh, yeah, I, I like a challenge. <laughs> so do I. Bring on Charlie Weiss's fat ass. I'll take him any day. I'm getting you to Stanford. I don't care if Notre Dame offered you. I'm getting you to Stanford. And I was like, oh, okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's, I mean... I mean, that's also that, hilarious because if someone asked me, do you like a challenge? I'd be like, at this point in my life, I'd prefer something that I think I have a chance of succeeding at. Yeah, I want to be realistic about my chances here. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take a challenge. Uh, depends. Is it an 0 13 challenge? Because I right. might skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the expiration date on this challenge? Like, yeah, how exactly. long do I have? That being said, the reason why this is a viable conversation is a fewfold. One of which is he overcame that challenge. He is generally a guy that is looked at before this as program jump starter. Now, the difference, and I think the thing that's interesting to consider with him is before he was, I, I always liken Jim Harbaugh to a jackhammer, is mm. he could come in and he could do hard things fast. And then mm. after a while, the sound of the jackhammer in the background seemed to grate on people. 
And that's why he was moving on. That's why the tenures didn't seem very long at these spots, because what he asks you to do is very hard. His style is very aggressive. And so all of those things didn't really lead to longevity. And then you got to Michigan, and when things went south, that kind of changed. Like, the Jim Harbaugh we've seen post-2020 doesn't look like the guy that was doing sleepaway vacations with recruits. It's been a lot tamer. It's been a lot quieter. But the work has gotten done at a really high level. And to the point with that high level, like... You look at Jim Harbaugh and his record. That's the other part of this. 75, 74 and 25 in college over the course of his eight years at Michigan. In the NFL, 44-19-1, including a Super Bowl appearance against his brother John that he lost. It's not like when we talk about these situations, because this is going to be a complicated conversation when it comes to jobs like the Indianapolis Colts and the Rooney Rule, since they've already been under fire for going and hiring Jeff Saturday as an interim head coach in any of these jobs, because that is rightly and understandably a hot-button issue in the NFL. When you have the team like the Carolina Panthers, who we've seen reports coming out now, their owner, David Tepper, reportedly had a conversation with Jim Harbaugh after saying he wasn't going to go back in the college ranks for a coach after the Matt Rule thing. It's a bit different with this guy because he's been successful. He's been high-end good at these spots, even if it's not been national championship or Super Bowl good. And so what he brings to the table feels a little bit more defensible in that way than hiring, let's say, a Cliff Kingsbury who came off of a failing season at Texas Tech before getting the Arizona Cardinals job. I think that's a great point, Mike. I think that a lot of times when we talk about this, we talk about the people and the and the jokes about them and the he said he wouldn't and then he's going to. Um, but the one thing that I guess is a little refreshing about this is that Jim Harbaugh isn't bad at his job. Yeah, He's certainly done it. Um, and so of all the, you know, white coaches that you could pluck out of college football, like, well, maybe, you know, maybe the meritocracy worked on this one, which is, you know, I'm obviously joking. Um, but like, I do hey, think he that- comes from a coaching tree. His, his, his coach, uh, his dad won a championship at Western Kentucky. Yeah. There you go. It, big red. It is. Yeah. <laughs> go big, go big red. Shout out. Charlotte, to your original point, too, about Jim in college, like Michigan fans, I think, are numb to it at this point because it's been something that's kind of been like everyone knows Jim Harbaugh wants to go back. The NFL is the ultimate competitive space. It's the yeah. Super Bowl that eluded him. Like he wants all that stuff. And the college system incentivizes you to lie, right? For recruiting, it's the reason oh we've got God. bloated 10 year contracts. You've got to go in. Like he took that interview on signing day last year yes. the worst opportune time <laughs> yes. to take that if you're looking to get people to come on over to Michigan and play football and so yeah you've got to come out here and say the opposite thing on the back end of that so people will believe you even if we all can kind of look around at even the way when he did his new deal the contract was structured his buyouts only three million dollar this year and decreases each year of his new deal once he swung the pendulum back in 2021 Jim got exactly what he wanted contractually out of this which is where you need to look when you want the truth about how serious a coach is about your school or how good his agent is that's so true i would also i also wonder you know this actually sort of segues into what we're going to talk to next i wonder at a certain say you're at one of these schools um that it that routinely makes the playoffs um or you know is routinely ranked week after week after week is it harder to win a Super Bowl or uh, a national championship? Because I would argue, I mean, I, I, I like numbers-wise, you've got a better chance in the NFL. 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah so I can see that as if you're a guy who's looking at your life thinking and clearly ambitious and driven and you're like, well, I want that. I want that feather in my cap. Am I more likely to get that as a Super Bowl or am I more or, or am I going to try to run this back again with the Michigan team where, you know, kids keep leaving? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting because that same sort of value prop question in a different way is what led Brian Kelly in, in the explanation to leave Notre Dame last year for LSU. It's I think I've got a better chance to get this one thing that's eluded me over here where the talent's so rich and it's in my backyard. For Jim Harbaugh, who's been shown the door now back-to-back seasons in the CFP, you're right, Charlotte. You're one of 32. There aren't massive talent and resource gaps. And it's not to say Michigan is not talented or not well-resourced, but we know the top end of college football is a bit bloated when you look at the sports that have, teams that have been the superpowers. So, yes, now the other part of that question that makes it hard is the teams that would be available to him in the NFL. But mathematically, I'm with you on that. Well, it's how quickly can he do the jackhammer yeah. on the Carolina Panthers. But also, how old is he getting? The grandkids that actually exist that aren't his, you know, surrogates from Michigan, <laughs> like, are they pining for his time? Because the difference is the NFL gets a break. Yeah. While college yep. football coaches have to go to recruiting and and scouting and yelling and and not to mention the recruiting and scouting of your own staff that probably happens on a yearly basis, oh. especially at big programs like Michigan. And now with the NIL and portal, yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah it's just like wh- wh- where's the where's the where's the less of a headache, and the NFL still rings king in that regard too. Yeah, it absolutely does, and. With him and with a lot of college coaches, the one thing because of what we talked about, the fact that his track record has been positive at both spots for the most part, he'd have, I'd imagine, a decent shot of walking into any of the situations he's been mentioned with. The Denver Broncos who fired Nathaniel Hackett, the Colts who fired um, their head coach. Uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Because Frank Jeff Wright. said it. Frank Wright. Um, or the Carolina Panthers after they fired Matt Rule. None of those teams are in a position of power right now. The Colts are going to be a massive overhaul. The Panthers have grossly mismanaged their quarterback position, and the Broncos are tight. You have to have Russell Wilson as your quarterback, which means Jim Harbaugh, if one of those teams was going to coax him over, could probably get a fair amount of control over the roster and be able to pick the ingredients the way he did in college while not having to recruit them the way he did in college. I just want to say it's really rude of the Denver Broncos to fire Nathaniel Hackett right when I started remembering his name. That is tough. <laughs> with first year I with first year coaches <laughs> who are nondescript looking white guys. Guys, all season I have been like, who the heck is the coach of the Denver Broncos? I couldn't I'd be I was like, it's not Vic Fangio. It's not like I'd go oh, through all the weird. like all the names of the people that you like can bear like the thing about sports is that there are so many names you have to remember. And, so many. And, and people, it's very, sometimes it's very difficult, but Charlotte, I got the thing hack it, and then they asked him. Yeah, the hard part is the, the what we were talking about earlier, the human part of the fact that there's humans behind these names. Like, yeah. like it just, it just can't. Like, I really, at a certain time, let me just focus on the name, and, and Mike cares about getting them right. And therefore, I'm trying to care more about getting them right. Because it's a, it's a human on the other end it is, getting their name it is. butchered. And 
yeah, and I finally get Nathaniel Hackett and I show this man, this human, some respect. And then all of a sudden, now who, now I need to, I can't, I already can't remember who the interim guy is. Well, and that's, I, I think, a particularly difficult problem in college football, too. Like, I talk about this with my dad all the time, who called college games last year, calls NFL games for Westwood One this year. NFL roster, at least, you got 53 guys. Most of them yep. don't change. You know the star players that are going to be there. And we've talked about there is the problem with retread coaches, but it does make it easy to remember everybody's name in more than one. It's in college, you got a hundred plus people on these rosters, 70 plus travel guys, and they cycle out every single year. And now with the portal, it becomes really, really hard to keep track of all these names when you do them for games every week. So it's, uh, It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with a championship, much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year and is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's interesting. That also brings up this whole conversation, a question that Ryan Clark asked on Twitter the other day that I want to ask you guys because we're coming to the end of bowl season and college football season with the national title. And Ryan Clark asked a very simple question of what's more exciting, college football or the NFL? Charlotte, where do you fall on that coming off of bowl season as we're getting ready for the NFL playoffs, all that good shit? My knee-jerk reaction, if the question is what's more exciting, college football. I don't think I ever feel more alive when watching us like the Tennessee Bama game this year. Tell mm. me there's been an NFL game that has made you freak out. I mean, I guess the 28 to 3 Super Bowl cuz I'm a Patriots fan. Like, but but it is it, the, because you get the pomp and circumstance in the game environment. I have to tell you guys last year after I came off of the, you know, college football road trip, um, and jumped back into NFL. I went to the first, the divisional round of playoffs with the Bucks. Um, I forget. See, I can't. I'm I'm was getting old. It was a year ago. No, it was no. the game before that. Uh, whatever. I'm at yeah. this. I'm at this NFL game. I'm sitting in the press box. I'm walking around the field. And and as far as NFL teams go, the Bucks have some pomp and circumstance. They've got a freaking pirate ship at their stadium. Yeah. And I was I I texted a friend and I was like. I cannot get over how sterile and corporate this feels after being at college football games all year. Mm. Um, And I think for me, the atmosphere of these 
wacky things that happen that you would never expect and the scores run up so high because you know you either have two teams who are matched in talent and they just make each other better or they just make each other worse and the NFL is a different kind of joy the NFL is watching the the highest highs of this profession the, the these these men who can do things that should not be physically possible Patrick Mahomes who can bend space and time going up against Josh Allen who can you know melt space and time and that is its own sort of exciting but i i think on a sort of raw emotional level for me, it's very hard to approach that um, the the heart and soul that fuses itself to college football games. I think you summed it up pretty succinctly there. It is excellence versus chaos in this conversation. Yes, and it depends what you what you get off on. I'm I don't think it'll surprise anybody who's followed my career at, at all that I'm a chaos person. <laughs> Charlotte yes, Wilder, chaos. big chaos gal. I will say though I find it easier to cover the NFL. Yes. I find it I find it much more the rhythms and the narratives are much easier for me to grasp onto and to make neat in my head and f- find a way to tell to other people. I think I can I can take the scene of college football and relay that, but I think that the game itself I have an easier time with the NFL. So it's a, it all sort of, it, it evens out, but I guess that's my knee-jerk reaction. The thing about college football, though, is it's it's regional chaos. Like, very seldomly do you run into someone who cares about the whole as much as they care about the individual parts. Well, right? and I think that's part of what college football is trying to change in the playoff era is this entire structure is now trying to make it a more national game because the TV dollars have risen to that level where they want to sell Notre Dame Clemson and Ohio State Notre Dame and these big time matchups that we see during the season that do crazy numbers because the casual viewer can pop into that and feel like they know what's going on because they hear these programs names all the time because they're the big ones. That's that's kind of the thing I fall into there with that because Brandon, in general, you're right. College football was an extremely regional sport, like baseball, for so much of its existence, and it's now just starting to change. Charlotte, I'm with you. I enjoy the excitement of watching excellence go together, but I think in easy narrative terms, college football does do a um, a very easy job of giving us David versus Goliath because it's a sport with a massive resource gap. Which, shout out to uh, Mike Ferguson on Twitter, who authored it, The Chaos Gap. Because when you have that sort of gap and it forces people to get creative, you get some wild shit on the other side. Like Tulane winning the Cotton Bowl over USC and the Heisman Trophy winner. I can't, I can't, I'm, I can't, I I have no words about that. I have no words (laughs) about that. What the heck? How, like, how does that happen? That doesn't happen in professional sports. But also the, the regional thing is why I think... So many people are mad at college football. And I think that the mm. only way to be a sports fan and not drive yourself crazy, things are going to change. You've really just got to – you can be nostalgic and you can complain about it. But, like, if you can't find the um, – I don't know. If, 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 if you, you need to be able to then find that national – excitement i mean i can't i can't 
I'm well, I'm not making sense anymore, but I, you know what I I'm think, trying to say. I, th- I think you're right in that you can get excited about the big national things, but I've also encouraged people also take in the finer notes. There's a lot of stuff that exists outside of that, but I think Tulane is really illustrative of this whole point. That's a team that if you zoom in on their story, went 2-12 and last season, was displaced by a hurricane for the first month of the year. I had their game against Ole Miss where they were coming off the tail end of that, and that team was exhausted, had been living out of a hotel, away from their school, away from their family and friends, and their season quickly went off the rails after that because who wouldn't in that situation? And for Willie Fritz in that outfit to come back, for Michael Pratt, their quarterback, to be a guy who had offers, I'm sure, in the transfer portal. If he wanted to leap, somebody was going to look and decided to stay past this year all going into this game where then you get them going in and at one point in this game Jeff Schwartz over uh, who covers the Pac-12 tweeted this out Tulane had 39 points on 40 plays of offense like nothing about the game made sense statistically they rushed for over 300 yards in that game and their quarterback was something like 8 for 18 in the entirety of that game and didn't didn't Caleb Williams had like over 500 yards of offense or 400 it was ridiculous he had an incredible game befitting of a Heisman Trophy winner, but the defense couldn't stop everybody, and so Tulane somehow managed to make that happen and go 12-2 and two and win the Cotton Bowl a year after going 2-12. and 12. You can zoom in and appreciate stories like that that exist even as the game becomes increasingly more national. It's harder. It puts a lot more work on the fans, but to Charlotte, to your point, it's about what you want to get out of the process. Totally, totally. And finding those, I think that's why I so love going to these schools and finding these bizarre traditions because it feels like the remnants of a time when, you know, even talking to Texas A&M fans about how much they still hate Texas and their whole fight song is saw them off and they haven't been in the same conference. I mean, they will be now, but they hadn't been in the same conference in, what, 20 years, 15, 30, I don't know, whatever. Like, it had been... A generation of players, basically. Um, And the fact that that still holds true. And you kind of have to search for those things now. Because if you're not in the know, you don't... You you aren't immediately aware of, oh, this traces back to this interstate rivalry. But when you find them, it feels like a little treasure hunt. It's like Easter eggs left over from when the sport was these um, provincial places playing each other. Yes, but it's, that's almost like an example of why it's hard to get into it because it's like if you jump in and yeah. on book seven of Harry Potter, yeah, like you're 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 so <gasps> effing lost, and you don't know the Easter eggs or just like how special this thing is. Where I I, I have to say, let me. I'm a bigger fan of the NFL. That was my first love. Like, and I think. I am a little bougie in that way that like I think I do like the perfection. I do like the the class. I, I almost like that you can fall asleep at a game and then wake up and then be like, oh, this is the best time I've ever had. Like I think there's a little bit of comfort level that comes with uh, watching NFL. It's almost like Airbnb versus like Carnival Cruise Lines. Which is which in this situation? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I mean. Only the best Airbnbs get my feet in them, but yeah, I, 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 I uh, college football as the Carnival Cruise Carnival Line, Cruise Airbnb, line. Oh, yeah, is, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 where there's a potential for disaster, but you could also have a really good time, and there's ice cream on every floor of the ship. Look, yes, the whole I, thing could go down in flames and drowning at the same time. <laughs> However, yeah. it would be exciting. 
It would be very exciting. There's a chocolate eagle where you go for the buffet at dinner every night. And wow, is that entertaining for a kid. And yes, I'm speaking from experience. You know a lot about this. I went on a Norwegian cruise line once as a kid. And the <laughs> amount of sweets available to me stuck with me forever. Brandon, the the idea that it is like jumping in, I think where we're at now with college football, walk with me on this for a television okay. comparison. I think we're in the house of the dragon phase of college football. Where yes. you can come in, yes. and because it's become such a national game, there is baseline entertainment value available to you. But if you're also someone that likes to dive all the way in, you can go watch the entirety of Game of Thrones and have a little bit more background on everything going on than everybody else here. It's not required viewing at this point in time, but it certainly helps the experience. God damn, that was a good analogy. <laughs> I watch a lot of football on TV. <laughs> Very good. We can tell. And some TV as well. And a lot of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that is that is actually perfect because there's just there's certain names that are connected to it. Like it was it was Lindale White's birthday the other day, and oh. I was like, I was like, Thunder and Lightning. Thank God. Like, I like, I no, like it felt it was so important to me. It's like men men will do nothing but sit around and name old sports players instead yes. of going to therapy. That is that meme come to life. Celebrating Lendell White's birthday and remembering and wondering why Pete Carroll didn't have him in on that fourth and one against Texas in the Rose Bowl. I have to tell you, my whenever that tweet comes up, all I can think is no more Garcia Parra. <laughs> Immediately. No more. No man, no my Garcia Pyro. One of the one uh, right up there with Marcus Smart. Oh, the on, honestly, for me, I always go to a hockey poster that I had in my room as a kid growing up in Arizona. At that point, for the Phoenix Coyotes, the poster featured Keith Kachuk, Jeremy Roenick, and one of the greatest hockey names of all time, star goaltender Nikolai Hobby Bulin. Yes, there Ooh. it is. Because like they that. because they would do the classic sports thing where they ooh it, so you'd go to the games and it, they would finish it off. And Nikolai Hobby Boolin. It's like those aren't boos, they're Boolins. The first time I heard that it was for Kevin Euclid, and I'm at a game and everyone's going you, and I'm like, he's our guy. Why are they booing him? It's really confusing for. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh, that's incredible stuff, gang. Um, guys. We've solved a lot of the world's problems today on this podcast. We have figured out Jim Harbaugh, destination back to the NFL. We've uh, debated college versus pro sports here. There's only one thing left to do, and it's to ask my friend Brandon if he knows what time it is. (sighs) You know I do, Mike. And I'm really trying to realize when I when I'm supposed to come in on this song. I think you're gonna when I chill. Good morning. Okay. And the sunlight hurts my eyes. And something without warning love bears heavy on my mind. Then I look at you. Seems alright with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one look at you. And I know it's gonna be. Hey, hey. This, that, and the third. And the third. And the third. And the third. 
just did a this, lot this, of that mom wine drunk dancing at a wedding in my chair to that that was incredible charlotte we were every set of boomer white parents (gasps) on earth at the holiday party look you got to be honest about who you are own it we lie prostrate in front of the congregation asking you all to love (laughs) us for who we are um as always we appreciate it. if you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five star rating and a review. Tell Brandon what he did uh, and how he did it. Um, mm. I guess it should be ask him what he does and who he does it for and how he okay. comes up with the shit up in the studio. Um, wow. All he wants for his birthday is a five star review. Uh, Brandon Newman, as always, the author of This, That, and the Third. Three quick stories on our way out here. Um, before we head on out, we thank Charlotte Wilder, as always, for giving us so much for time on this podcast here. Such a pleasure. Let's start it off with this guy. Since we talk so much college football, uh, Alabama's prolific trio of star players who stuck around for the bowl game all declared for the NFL draft. Um, Bryce Young. Alabama's Heisman Trophy winning signal caller at quarterback, Will Anderson, their all-everything pass rusher, and Jameer Gibbs, their transfer running back from Georgia Tech who start out this year, as well as I should say this happened after, Brian Branch, incredible defensive back who had an outstanding game uh, for that team in the Sugar Bowl, all declared for the NFL draft, all could be potential first-round draft picks. Jameer Gibbs, that kind of talent with running backs, it's always a wild card, but um, wild group of guys as Will Anderson and Bryce Young will both be talked about for the first overall pick too. I don't want to sound like Kurt Herbstreit here, but I'm I'm glad they they stuck around for the bowl game. Oh come on! What? You don't I have to do that. sort of. Have <laughs> I am glad. I have too. When I saw that <laughs> they stuck you. around, I was like, "Wow, Bryce!" I was like, "Good for you." Also, that might be a really, really stupid decision, but like, thank you. <laughs> right? Like, it's a not. I a couldn't dis- believe it. Actually, I thought I, I thought I heard wrong. I thought I heard and like saw. I thought my eyes deceived me. That when I got that news, one, I was like, that is not an advisable business decision. Yeah, I was like, who, but who's? <laughs> I respect everyone's choice, and that's the one thing. As long as it's positioned as, hey, I support your choice. It's cool that we get to watch you guys play one more time. They kind of put Will Anderson on a pitch count, which I thought was responsible. And Bryce Young got his curtain call at the end of that game. But when I saw they announced they were playing in this game. I knew that probably wasn't a good sign for Kansas State because that meant Alabama was taking this shit very seriously. Or yeah. or some someone had an NIL deal to play in the bowl game. It's just maybe Hey, listen, maybe little, if that was the case, I I hope so too. Pay the kids to play in bowl games if you want them all to stick around. That should be the norm. Yeah. Exactly. There's the gotta be incentive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make it worth it. Let the let the ballers get paid to do it. So yeah, good on you guys. And now they are all healthy and well and get to go make millions of dollars this spring. Look at God. Won't he do it? Mike, oh, before you before you go to this or that, that's where we're at that. Realistically, is Bryce Young a top five quarterback in this next upcoming draft? Yes, easily. The he'll yeah. be in it's gonna be the conversation for number one. Really? Okay. Yes. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm asking Brandon. Really, you're asking that? Yeah, yeah. I'm asking. I respect I don't, that. I, don't, I respect I don't, that question. 
I, I, because of the talent on the Alabama teams, I frequently give a lot of disrespect to Alabama quarterbacks. They only mm-hmm. recently even had one that was decent in the NFL. It was A.J. McCarron, and then they had the slew of the Tua's and the Hurts and the, you know, all the things. But it was, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty unanimous that Alabama put trash quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, yeah, but they don't anymore. And he's and with the three recent ones you just mentioned are all in the NFL at multiple points in the last two years have performed at a really high level. And this guy was the only one that won the Heisman of the four of them that we just mentioned. Now, you can ask questions him. about I don't the size, him, but I don't want to make him the biggest bust that we've seen in years. But I also wouldn't be shocked. Sorry. This is going against what I was Ooh. saying about treating people, athletes as humans. Let's see what happens, guys. Let's see what happens. It is going to be fascinating to watch this because he is incredibly accomplished as a player, and he is a complete outlier size-wise in a way that we haven't really seen in in a while and had to reckon with. So it's going to be tough. But, yes, he should be in the conversation for the number one overall pick. Protect Bryce Young. Okay, I was just let you know that my hate didn't start with him. Like, I was a big Tua's going to be a huge bus guy. And I – I've tempered. I've tempered that. I've tempered that. It, it was. It didn't come from a good place. So, I'm. I'm proud of you for admitting your biases and trying to proceed in in, in God's light in a better way. That's big of you. That's growth. Thank you. Um, the thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's going to win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish, and Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Speaking of growth, guys, and good news, God, a lot of college news today, but we go with what we got here. Um, The Athletic is reporting, so there's an NCAA transformation committee, which sounds like some incredibly college shit, like, um, just on its face value. But Nicole Arbach over at The Athletic wrote, uh, among a number of things, the NCAA's transformation committee was recommending a few different initiatives, one of which was the idea that D1 Sports, sponsored by more than 200 institutions, should consider expanding their postseason fields to include up to 25% of the teams that meet the D1 standard for the sport, which means that in a sport like basketball, you would potentially have an NCAA tournament with like 90 teams in it. Um, Charlotte, Brandon, were you guys on a 90-team NCAA men's or women's tournament? 
it's to, it's I'm I'm here for it because then we'll get more schools like Gardner Webb where you've never heard of them before and oh and they pop up every or 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 what was the there was one in in Nashville that always gets me Lichtenstein Licht what is it um, <laughs> these are like when you get to schools that sound like they could also be Eastern European countries yeah, and mascots exactly. that are plucked out of medieval times you have arrived at the right place in college athletics especially basketball. Yes, I also think that this sounds extremely... So Charlie Baker just took over as the head of um, the NCAA. He was the governor of Massachusetts when I worked at Boston.com. I covered him a lot. Um, This sounds like some extremely... I just came from government. We're going to have a transformation committee. That's like the beautification society of, you know, like that feels very, that feels very Charlie Baker came from dealing with people in Massachusetts who like want to think they're on the right side of history. I feel like Leslie Nope is at the head of the transformation yes. committee for the oh NFL. Oh my gosh. Yes. College football. That's what, that's Tom, where my head Tom goes. Tom Haverford is probably actually the real <laughs> yes. head of the transformation <laughs> Committed. I don't even and, know and, if Charlie Baker started in this role, by the way, but that's where my head goes. Well, listen, I love to see this because uh, as someone who's uh, my sister went to Oral Roberts. Uh, yes. So like it was like a big deal for her to like get, get seen in that way. And also mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, Florida Gulf Coast still. Dunk City. Let's go. Like I, I, I like being uh, pushed into fandom for some of these schools. Um, so, br- yeah, bring on, bring on a bracket, bring on the brackets yep. for for the for the ninety six. Uh, also, by the way, on this front, um, one of the like true good things because that would be wild fun chaos. One of the true good things they talked about also pushing for a holistic student athlete benefits model that includes eight areas schools are urged to commit, including required medical coverage for injuries for a minimum of two years following graduations, assistance for out-of-pocket medical expenses, and the ability for athletes on full scholarships to complete their degree within 10 years of leaving school. So as we talked about, those would be awesome things for young people who often leave college and don't have a you know we hear the thing all the time go pro in something other than sports some of them are dealing with the medical history that comes from their time as college athletes or the complications with their degree all things that they should and could now get help with hopefully yeah talk about won't he do it won't they do it mm. man talk to him and talk about the super seniors running around there that's gonna be some crazy Van Wilder stuff if that actually comes to fruition <laughs> yes Australian it just made me flashback to middle school. Oh, with Van Wilder? Charlotte Van Wilder. And I'd be like, oh, wow. I didn't even do that. I I apologize. I always liked it. I was like, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Always, yeah, totally liked it. Definitely not triggered right now by Brandon. No, into it. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, Let's move slowly back away from that. I believed you. To the third. Um,. Hey, uh, Ohio, welcome uh, to DraftKings Sportsbook and Legalized yes. Sports Betting. We are excited to have you here. We're sorry about what happened with Ohio State, but don't worry. College hoop season's coming up, which we just talked about. is super fun to bet on. You got baseball season coming up. All sorts of good things to look forward to in the not-so-distant future, which leads us to this. In Cincinnati, Ohio this past weekend, as the clock struck midnight and finally people were able to start legally betting on sports, the Hard Rock Casino decided to go all out. As they opened things up, they invited former Reds all-star Pete Rose to place the first bet at their casino. That is... Are you kidding me? I 
kid you not, Pete Rose, who has a lifetime ban from Major League Baseball due to sports gambling, said, quote, I don't know a damn thing about odds. Go Reds, go Bengals. <laughs> Talking about tro- capping. He's capping. Talk about trolling. Like, Pete Rose, who has, like, seems largely bad in certain ways as of late. Yeah, Pete Rose as in, like, the ugly stuff that I don't even feel like getting into. Yes. That just happened. Yes. yes. Yeah. Bad. Actually bad. bad. This, uh, an insane move um, by here in the name of gambling in Ohio. So, um, hell of a way to start. Hell of a way to start. <laughs> it feels very um, Ohio to me. Sorry. Yes. Defiant. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm thinking about I'm thinking about all the celebrities that like were too busy like Greg Odom couldn't come out or like who, like what's another big like Ohio like, Cardell somebody that could, oh man <laughs> Cardell Jones oh, would have been Jones Cardell awesome. Jones would have been an unbelievable <laughs> I didn't come here to play school but I did come here to play my odds with X Casino or X Sportsbook Ooh. see DraftKings maybe we think- get Cardell on the payroll I don't know. Think about it. There's so many. There's so many ways you can go with this that it's the the content, the content marketing virality opportunities are endless. Yes, exactly. And they chose a weird. And they chose a weird one. They uh they went they went left on this one very quickly in a way that I would not advise, but definitely makes for uh the headline that they were looking for. I'll leave you guys with this. You know who they should have had do it? Aisha Curry from her tweet. The NBA is rigged for money. Oh my God! Oh my! Uh, Aisha pulling up for the for the for the Ohio for Ohio for Cincinnati's Hard Rock Cafe hey. to place the first bet. I mean, listen. As LeBron James likes to remind us, him and Steph, just a couple of kids from Northeast Ohio. Just so maybe a couple of kids. Um. Oh yes, the Steph connection. Yeah, More you have Hill. you have them just walk arm in arm into there and be wow. the. Even though that would probably end up getting them suspended because you probably can't do that in the NBA. We're just going to yeah. keep making problems for people, um, <laughs> wherever we go. Which is why we're going to go ahead and just pump the brakes on this and say. Hey guys, we appreciate you coming and placing your bet on us in this podcast and hopefully DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, in Ohio, go ahead and do it. It's incredible. A lot of fun, super easy. You hear all the ads we do on this podcast for it. Same game parlays, all the good stuff. Bunch of profit boosts from your boy. You're going to love it and have a good time here. Charlotte, we loved and had a good time with you. Thanks so much, friend. Michael, Brandon, always a pleasure. Thanks for le- Thanks for Wilder Wednesday. Love you guys. Thanks. Mean it. Bye. <laughs> Love you, Brandon. Thank you for the sound. Thank you. Oh my gosh. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Committee for the NFL. Go, go. Yes. Boom. Money in the bank. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.